Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Well, we're going to go ahead and continue our series this morning. We're going to close it out today. And it's, uh, this series called Extravagant has been something that has just really been awesome to see God move uh, through this series. Hopefully your life is different, you're changed uh, by seeing the love of God and that your God is a generous God. Man, he's a generous God. Would you agree this morning? He's a generous God. And, uh, and so uh, we're going to conclude this series today, and we've talked about the love of God, we've talked about tithing, we've talked about stewardship, but today I want to talk to you about how to live an extravagant life. Come on, man, where it's not just a concept, but it's extravagant living, and what happens to those that are generous? I love what Mother Teresa said. She said, a life not lived for others is not a life. Come on, out of everybody that could say that, she could say that. A life not lived for others is not a life. Proverbs eleven twenty four in the message says it this way. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I love that. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The thing I've discovered when reading God's Word is this, is that Scripture or the Bible doesn't motivate you by the needs of those receiving. Here's what I mean, like you're, you're not motivated by just the need. A generous person, a person that, that is generous, that their world is larger and larger. Listen, if you read the Bible, God doesn't want the motivation to be the person just has a need. Do you know that God wants to fulfill something in you through that giving moment? That God wants to fulfill something in you. That if you read scripture, it's more for what it does for you than, it, than what it does for them. Scripture says it's better to give than to, oh, we're paying attention this morning, come on, to receive. And so there, what happens to the generous? What's this mean? That as we live an extravagant life, as we live this, this message of generosity out, as we see our neighbors during this Christmas season, or we see somebody at the, the restaurant and the Holy Spirit is just using our lives to be extravagant. And again, we're going to look today that extravagant life is not just finances. It's a part of it, which we've studied, but it's bigger than that. You know, your life is more than money. And we're going to look at how God allows us to be generous. So here's some things about the generous, uh, the, the world of the generous. <clears throat> I might need some water, somebody. I don't have any up here, but if you can grab me some. The, the first thing is this, is that the generous are happy. Come on, look at your neighbor and just smile. The generous are happy. You know when you give, and the motivation is not that you just get happy, but that uh, that you, the generous in giving is happy. I love this, that, that it's wired in you, that if you, if you uh, research science, that literally they have, it's been proven that generous people, when they give, it releases a chemical that produces pleasure. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Let's give Mark a big hand clap for the water bottle. Thank you, sir. It's wired in you. 
And so scientists, again, have proven that it generates and releases a chemical that produces pleasure. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, the generous will prosper. Those who will refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Now, I love this word prosper. It's those that are happy. Teddy, come up here for a minute. Last time Teddy came up here, I think I poured water on him or stepped on his head. So here's Teddy. Stand on the X, sir, and face this way. All right. So Bible says this, <clears throat> says that the generous, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so when you think about your life from a generous standpoint, and this word prosper, there's a lot of people in life that are stuck. Not Teddy, he's just an example. There's a lot of people in life that are stuck. And they need somebody that will come alongside because the generous, literally, our world gets bigger and bigger, and the stingier you get, the smaller and smaller it gets. But you run into people that are stuck. And he says this in the scripture. He says, the generous will live as prosperous people. Now, I love this passage because when you look up the word prosperous, you got somebody that's stuck, their, their, their life is messed up, they're broken, they're hurting, they don't have their needs met, but a prosperous person that comes in contact with somebody that is stuck has an opportunity. And here's what the word prosper means. It literally means to shove forward. Stay right there. Don't you move. Right there. Don't you move. It means to shove forward. In other words, your generosity can take somebody from where they are to where they can be. And in that process of being prosperous, you're happy about it. <laughs> so when this person that is broken and needs you to come alongside instead of, you good? Okay, I thought you burped or something. <laughs> Dear Lord, spin him around, he burps. <laughs> you guys remember the little jack-in-the-box thing where you crank it up and they pop? that has nothing to do with this, but I just had that thought. But when you have somebody, God blesses us to be a blessing. And prosperity is not for you. Prosperity is always for others. Now, I know we've got this messed up in, in a, lot of, a lot of places. You know, uh, you know, send in your offering and you get your miracle kind of thing. You know, send in $25 and God to do something in your family. Send in $25 and I'll give you some sand from the Holy Land. Come on, man. We all know that was from Myrtle Beach. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and, so, and so, but when I encounter people and I'm prosperous, I can shove them forward into their destiny. Come on, give Teddy a big hand clap this morning. That it means, it means that I can push them forward. And I want to be a church. That in Southwest Ohio, we come alongside people and get right behind them because we're prosperous and it makes us happy that I just want to come alongside somebody. I just want to push them forward, push them forward. And that's what prosperous means. Proverbs, Proverbs 21, 20, uh, 26 says, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Great example, a couple weeks ago, we put up our giving tree back here. And I'm telling you what, it wasn't within five minutes. You people are wild. You went back there and you started taking stuff off the tree. And I mean, I walked from here to back there and it was naked. You took everything off the tree. And the cool thing about it is there was people waiting in line going, oh, I want something. 
And you could notice the difference. The person waiting was like, I want something. But the person that had taken it was like, I am so happy. I get to bless somebody this Christmas. Why? Because the generous are happy. And then when I told this person, well, you can give money. They were like, I can. Praise the Lord. How do I do it? You do it like this and you drop down missions. And I think we had 800 extra dollars come in. Come on, somebody, to help the need. Come on, during Christmas. On top of the giving tree. And so I, I love that because generosity is, you're happy. Generous people are happy when you go to the restaurant today, because we're all going. When we go to the restaurant today, be happy, be generous. It's Christmas. Bless your waitress. Be, be nice to people. Be, because you're generous, you're happy. Number two is this. The generous are <laughs> the generous, <laughs> I added the S-H on there, thank you. Generous are compassionate. What's compassion mean? It means that the generous are in tune with the needs of the people who are in need. So again, this is about living an extravagant life. First, you have to understand when your world gets larger and larger that you're happy about it. Secondly, is that you are a compassionate person. I like to say it like this, you find a need and fill it, you find a hurt and heal it. That's what compassion means. You're not going to be the religious person at the Good Samaritan story, that they're on their way to Jericho and they see this, this person that's, that's been beaten and robbed and, and, and taken and hurt, and, and the religious people, the, the priest walks up and he's like, hey, and he goes this way around the guy, doesn't do anything with him. Then you have the Pharisee, he comes and he kind of, you know, he's got the word in him. It's those people that just eat the word but don't do anything and they're spiritually constipated. Come on, somebody. You need an enema. Amen. And so you look, you look at that need and you pass by it. But the Bible says that there was a Samaritan that stopped and bandaged the need up, picked the person up, put them on the donkey, took them to the end, and said, put everything on my account. Listen to me for just a minute. You, I thought about this the other day. Why did the Samaritan do that? It's because the Samaritan understood what it meant to be an outcast, because that was Samaritans. They understood what it meant to be broken. They understood what it meant to be hurt. And so he could identify with the pain of what that person was going through, and he said, you know what? This is where generosity can push this person forward. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bandage their needs. I'm going to put them on my donkey, and I'm going to take them to the inn, and I'm going to give them a meal, and I'm going to tell you, and I tell the innkeeper, put it on my bill. I'll take care of the whole thing. How could, he, how could that happen in that moment? It's because the Samaritan could identify with the person that was in the ditch. My question to you is, do you forget what it's like to be in the ditch? Do you forget what it's like to be lost? Do you forget what it's like to be broke, busted, and disgusted? All of a sudden, like when you start to identify with the track where you came from, all of a sudden it makes you a generous, compassionate person. Come on, man. You don't live with stinginess in your life. Compassionate. Proverbs 29, 7 says, The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Listen to that. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Now, there are wicked people that take care of the poor, but they're doing it for the wrong reason. They're doing it for accolades. They're doing it to be seen on television. They're doing it to get that story. There are some Christians that have that same problem. 
Listen to me today. It says that you're wicked when you do that. See, when you're compassionate, it's what you're doing. Nobody sees. It's this, it's this justice for the poor. Proverbs 21, 13 says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. That's your Bible. This is words of wisdom from Proverbs. He, said, he says, if a man shuts his ear to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. You know, we have an opportunity. This is kind of the last, uh, before we go to Christmas, and then I have a message on the 26th that I'm going to share with you about how to transition into this new year. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, and so, how to change going into the new year. It's going to be great. Um, but listen, Today's kind of like a day that I get to just kind of share my heart. And I think about this compassionate uh, moment. And I think about the poor. I think about the needy. And there, I told you last week or the week before that we partner with a group called ARC. And ARC is Associated, Association of Related Churches. They planted 65 churches. They planted over 1,000 churches in its existence in America. And they're a church planting group. Well, God's also expanding our borders and there's a group called, there's, a, there's an organization that I've come in contact with called Surge. And Surge, we're going to get an opportunity uh, in 2022. I've already, I've already signed our church up. <laughs> uh, and and your, your giving is going to help through compassionate relief be able to plant churches in foreign mission fields. Come on, somebody, where there are no churches. But I wanted you to hear a story of a pastor that's in Africa that planted a church in the middle of two mosques in this city. And actually what I want you to understand also, because of your giving, we're probably not just gonna be able to plant one church in 2022, but we're probably gonna be planting three to four churches in foreign missions to reach people, unreached people groups, as well as, as, as pastors that are reproducing uh, and, and we'll support them and we'll bless them and, and we'll have contact with them and we'll know how revival's breaking out in those parts of the world because of your generation right here at Real Life Church in Springboro. So kill the lights and go ahead and turn on, watch this video real quick. This is Mabendu. Mabendu is a small village along the creek. The creek is just after the village. They have two mosques in this village, and that prompts us to plant a church here because a village wouldn't be with two mosques without a church. And you can see that the, the, the religious uh, 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 faith doesn't balance and we want it to balance if possible we get all of them as Christians that's why we decided to plant the church here
I was not even longing to be a pastor. But always they tell me, you are a pastor. And if even you are not going to be a pastor, but you will have that vision to work for God. So I sacrificed my job for everything concentrated in the church. I have my job, I have my family, but I said I should work for God. I see great changes in me when I join it. Yes, I see great changes. And he said, God just moved on his heart to, church, to be a church planner. And so we're going to be a part of the surge. Pro Come on, man. We're going to go out there into the world and we're going to help guys. Now, listen, here's what we're not going to do. I want to tell you this about surge is it's not going to be us on the Western side of the world going over to change their nation. What we're going to do, though, is they take those that are within the nation Last week, there were 60 church planners that were trained. It's going to be the, the nationals there that, are, that, that um, are approved church planners, and they want to see revival and awakening in their nation and in their villages. And so guess what? We're going to get behind them, and we're going to push them into their destiny, and God's going to change worlds because of something that is happening right here in Springboro. Come on, somebody. We're going to make a difference with compassion. So the generous are compassionate. The generous are blessed. The, it, we're blessed. It doesn't mean that, that uh, the, the motivation is not that we, we, well, we don't give to get. We give to give. Come on, somebody. We don't give to get. We, we get nothing. We, here's, what, here's what happens when you partner with a group like Surge. Is for 12 months, their requirement is to start a life-giving, spirit-filled, reproducing church. So at the end of 12 months, not only will we plant that church, but they must plant a second church. They must be ready to plant a second church at the end of 12 months. At the end of 12 months, in some parts of the world where we were partner, they are required to be ready to start 12 additional churches in 12 months. In other words, it's penetrating organically into the nation, and under the ground, people in the, in the jungles and all across the world are giving their hearts to Christ. That's what I want to be a part of. If you just want to sit at home and eat Cheerios and watch Scooby-Doo, fine. But I want to be blessed. I want to give to give. I want to watch guys like that go into their world and see God transform their world. So we, we are the generous is blessed. Our motivation is really simple. A blessed person is not an arrogant person because ar arrogance is all depicted on your motivation. Arrogance is about you, but, but blessing is the motivation is because he first loved us. We give. It's not because we're manipulated. It's because he first loved us. So every person in every place I go has an opportunity to be pushed forward because I'm close by. Because I'm blessed, and I'm here to give, to give. We're blessed to be a blessing. 
Proverbs 22, verse 9 says, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Proverbs 28, 27 says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. I really believe that. I really believe the Bible says when you take care of others, God will take care of you. If you're so concerned with just taking care of your house, listen to me today. You're putting yourself in a bad situation. Because God's not required just to put new furniture in your living room. Oh. Let's rewind for you. But what he is obligated to do is to bless those that bless others. That's the only requirement. So if you're wanting to be a blessing, step, well, I don't know how that's going to work. Listen, I don't either. But when I'm in contact with somebody that needs to be pushed forward, whether it's through an encouraging word, whether it's through a smile, I'll get to that, I'm getting ahead of myself, whatever it may be, it's not just $5. Some of you just need to give people the blessing of your white, smiley smile. <laughs> Somebody's like, mine's not really white, I drink a lot of coffee. That's me, that's why I smile like this. The generous are blessed. There are, there are churches within our reach that are in the inner cities of our area that need help. That there are pastors that I'm trusting the Lord to connect us with in 2022. That we as a church, we go put their shirt on. Hear me. We go put their shirt on and help them do a block party because they can't financially do it. But we can be a blessing, and we can help them do it, and we can put their church's shirt on, and we won't put anything real-life church on because we're there to be a blessing to them and their community and help that pastor that don't have the resources to reach some people in their city. And I'm telling you what, when we start to do that, the multiplication of blessing is going to hit our church, it's going to hit our region, and God's going to multiply your life individually. Well, Pastor, I think that's really a good idea. That's wonderful. I'll have to check and see if my Saturdays are available. That's where, th listen, blessed to be a blessing, which means we're going to have to sacrifice in 2022. The, the generous are rewarded. Listen, there's something that came over me. I've been in this mastermind over these last 12 months with a group of guys, about 14 one of our overseers, Pastor Patrick's in, involved with this, and I just went and I, I had opportunity to be mentored and led and coached, and, and uh, uh, Dr. Davis is the leader of it. You'll get a chance to meet him shortly. But listen, the, the, the idea, I had this moment in our last mastermind together. This fear of the Lord has, has come over me when it comes to being a really good steward and manager of God's goals. And, and I, was, I was asked, like, Jason, where, where do you see the church? And I kind of gave them some thoughts and ideas. And, and I said, I've just had this caution, fear of the Lord in my life that I want to steward what God has given me really good. I want to steward the finances well. I want to steward your time well. I want to sort our resources well. We're about to celebrate 10 years, and some of this equipment you see, because our volunteers and our serve team has taken such good care of it, we ain't had to buy anything new because they've done such a good job in 10 years of taking care of that equipment, stewarding the resources God has given us. 
I believe because of that, God is bringing reward. Revelation 22, 12 says, look, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. So the generous are rewarded. So how do, we, how do we practically hop into this? How do we be a kingdom builder? How do, we, how do we operate in this extravagant life? The thought is this, whatever we do for ourselves usually dies with us, but what we do for others lives beyond us. So how do we, how do we hop in? How do we, what, are, what, what have we been given that we can give away? What is it? So number one is this, is we're generous with our time. There's 130 people in our church right now that help make Sundays and outreach happen. It's called a serve team. It's first impressions. It's the greeters that come when you come into the, uh, into the uh, uh, foyer there. It's, it's the setup and teardown team. It's the kids' life area. It's the student life on Sunday nights. It's, it's this group of people called our serve team that is generous with their time. So do me a big favor, and even if you are on the serve team, give yourself some love. Give them a big hand clap this morning, everybody. Come on, give our serve team a big hand clap. I mean, I sit with pastors and they're like, you're still portable after 10 years? I said, yes. They said, why? I said, because we got great people. They're bought in, which means the next location we're going to, because we're going somebody, that, that all of us, as, we, as we're bought in here, we're going to move from here <clears throat> to there. And it's not going to, it's going to be God putting his hand in our back to shove us in that direction. Come on, somebody. And we're all going to go together, but we're generous with our time. Generous with our time. If you're not in starting point today, we're having starting point right afterwards. Stop by the next steps area. Starting point is the way you can get involved and get on a serve team. If you're not serving, you're missing out around here. Get on a team. Join a team. Get to know people. Uh, and, and so be generous with your time. Secondly, is we can be generous uh, with our talent. Each person has been given a grace. Each of you have been given a gift, a divine enablement to advance God's mission in the earth. All of us have. Now listen, you, you have a talent that God wants you to use for his kingdom purposes. Now, I don't have this talent. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? Can you turn this up for a little bit, just for a minute, so I can hear what's going on? Are we good? Okay. God, turn it around. Okay, now you play. Just play. Just come play more than that little note there. Do what you got to do here. Now, see, she's talented. Come on, somebody. She's got a gift. Amen? Watch out. Watch out, Elizabeth. Let me show you something. Let me show you my gift. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's what you can do. Why'd you turn my microphone off? <laughs> Mr. Talented Sound Man, you didn't want to hear me sing? My point is this, we have been given a gift and that's not mine. You all have a gift and it fits within the body. 
You have a talent, you have a purpose, you have a divine enablement that God gives you that fits within the body. Use it. If it's leadership, use it. If it's leading people, use it. If it's helping in hospitality, use it. We have a great thing we're starting in 2022 for relational care. You know there's people around here that have babies and we need people that know how to make some lasagna. Come on, somebody. Now, not your latest Pinterest stuff. Don't do that. Don't be trying it out on people that just had a baby. It's gotta be proven lasagna. The point is this, is that you have a gift of hospitality and you like to cook. We need to provide meals for people. Come on, somebody. How many know that you need to have meals whenever you have a baby or you have a surgery, right? You can whip up some spaghetti and meatballs. My God, you know what? I'll fake a surgery if you bring me some grub. I'll be like, I have my knee replaced last week. But you have a talent. You have a gift. You can be generous with your talent. And number three is you can be generous with your touch. Here's what this means. Encouragement. Kindness. I believe we're living in an earth where there's a famine of kindness. Last week I was driving around, I, I try to drive around and sit at the land and pray on Sundays, or I'll just drive around the city. And last week I just moved on my heart to text all my pastor friends in Springboro. And I just wanted to tell them, I'm so proud of you. And I'm praying for you. God, fill your churches today with revival and blessing. And God, just do something amazing in your churches. And some of those pastors said, pastor, that was right on. I needed that for today because I'm discouraged. How many know encouragement lifts? So God tells us that we can be generous with our touch, our encouragement, our kindness. Listen, here's a couple ways you can be generous. You can smile. You can sympathize. This is all S's because that's what preachers do. You can speak up. You can speak up for someone. You can, you can serve. You can sacrifice. These are ways that you can be generous with your touch. And number four is this, and I'll close here, is generous with your treasure. We've talked about this for four weeks, your tithe, being spirit-led by your offerings. Even in the days to come, that God's just gonna move upon your heart, that you're gonna, you're gonna step into a greater realm of kingdom building. That this is what this whole thing is about, is about being a kingdom builder with our generosity. How do we do that? We do that with our time. We do it with our talent. We do it with our touch and our encouragement, and we do it with our treasure. We're, we're tithers, and we're led by the Holy Spirit, and that results in people's lives being transformed forever. Why? Because Real Life Church, we're simply here to listen, find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it, get behind somebody that may be down or maybe in that place and push them forward to the next from here to there. Push them forward in their destiny. Can you see it if we all did it? What would happen to, the, to this region? We wouldn't live with this self-centeredness and this greed. That spirit wouldn't be over our region because there's a church that's come along beside people and just pushing them out of whatever they're in and giving them hope. I think the greatest push that we can give people is salvation. The greatest push that, that we're, we're in this place of sin and we don't know God and we've walked away from Him and we're living our life any old way we want. And maybe we have a, 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 a disposition of what the church is supposed to be and it's, it's this, it's this uh, rigorous, judgmental, condemning place. Listen, there are places like that. But that's not Jesus. 
Jesus receives you as you are. He doesn't ask you to get your life together, you know, get all your sins right, and then come. No, he, that's why he's here. He came because he loved you. And the greatest gift that you can receive and others that can receive around you is salvation, is being born again, is going from death through the cross to life. And when you do that, your life begins to be radically transformed. You're, 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 the Bible says that you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. So if you were stingy and Jesus comes into your life, all of a sudden now you become a blessing because he came in and he changed you and he, he made you a brand new uh, a person. Or if you're an angry person, you give Jesus and the love of God in your heart, all of a sudden, he starts to drive out that anger and you become a new creature, a new person. Maybe you've struggled with your mental health over here and it's been a struggle mentally. Maybe that's a struggle for you and, and you don't know how to, and Jesus comes in and you start, he starts to wash your mind with his word and all of a sudden you transfer into a new creature. But it starts with saying yes to him on every level, church, from being a blessing to being a giver, to being somebody that's healed, to, be, to, to being somebody that's saved. It all starts with your yes. It all starts with your yes. Listen, let's live on the other side of yes. It starts with your yes. And when you say yes to him, and you say yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, it, it, it catapults you into a new realm of transformation. So today, I wanna invite you, and I wanna encourage our church, not just this season, but in the seasons to come. Live a life that's generous. When the weather gets nice and we're back to normal, it's not Christmas, because Christmas, right? We're supposed to give during Christmas, it's Christmas. I'm talking about one year we gave 100 meals to the Springboro teachers at the junior high. You know why we did that? We did that in February. Somebody was asking me, well, why in the world did you do it in February? That's not really given season. But in education, February is actually considered the dark month. That they've come through break, they come back to January, they got all these wild, all your children come into their classroom. All the educators are like, by God, you ain't lying. Come to February and it just gets weird. For some reason, it just gets dark. It's snowy, it's weird, it's cold. And it's called the dark month in education. So what'd we do? We came alongside and we just wanted to push a little bit of generosity in their way to let them know we believe them, we will believe in you. And we gave them 100 meals right there at the junior high. Come on, somebody, that's you doing it. You did that. I didn't do that. You did that because your generosity. See, we don't have to ask for stuff like that because you're so generous. We just do it. And on your behalf, we bless the teachers in Springboro. Come on, somebody. They just needed a little push during the dark month. And God just came in and encouraged me. And I mean, our email was just like, I mean, blowing up with, you don't know what this meant. That was such a blessing. I didn't bring my lunch, you know, all these sorts of things. To the encouragement level that lifted their spirits. Well, what return did you get on that, Pastor? We don't give to get. We give to give. We give to be a blessing. And so this morning, just close your eyes right where you're at today, right where you're at. And I just want to ask you a question, or maybe you're online, and you say, Pastor, today I need to start my relationship with Christ, and I haven't done that. I haven't given my heart to Christ. 
But today I know I need to. Today you need to say yes to Jesus in this room. You want him to give you a brand new start, new transformation in your life. And today's a day that you say yes to him. If you're in this place, would you just do me a favor? I want to pray for you. And so I'm not going to call you forward, but I do want to know who I'm praying with. And so if that's you in the room, we do me a favor. Just slip up your hand. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need, I need to come back to God. I need to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. I've never done that. Or maybe you need to return to God and you need to make a fresh start with him. Anybody in the place today say, that's me. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Praise God. Look at me, church, just for a minute. I'm not okay with that. And I'm just going to be transparent with you as your pastor. Are you ready for this? I'm not okay with people not saying yes to Jesus in one of our services. You say, well, pastor, that's not, that has nothing to do with us. It sure does. God is teaching our church. This is not condemning. This is us teaching. Teaching our church how to be a blessing. That there are people that need to come. It's this church isn't just, you know, I, I like to say it like this. When I became a Christian, church stopped being about me. That I just get my needs met. No. Church became about others. And I knew that the gospel was going to be shared. And so invite people in. I do it. I invite people to church. Invite them in. Bring them in. Just invite them into church. Invitation. You can invite them to Christmas. But invitation. Let this moment just kind of touch your heart that that we're, don't be okay with those, those folks that may not say yes to Christ. That our church, we want to be around reaching those that are lost, not just in Africa, but in Southwest Ohio, that we want to see people that are far from God to become passionate, thriving followers of Jesus. Amen, everybody? That's our mission. And so let that be our heart tug today. If you're watching online and maybe you said yes to Christ online today, do me a favor and go ahead and put yes in the comments there. You're going to follow the prompts in just a minute. We have people saved online all the time, but we want to pray together. So if you're in this room, that pastor didn't raise my hand, but I know I need Jesus. We can do this right here. And same with you online. We want to pray together. So let's just close our eyes. Let's pray this prayer together, all together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And today, I ask you to come into my heart. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. Thank you for transforming me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap today, everybody. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.